0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the MLB Extras Cleveland Indians podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined as always by Mandy Bell. Mandy, uh, we're going to get into all the regular hot stove talk, rotation talk, all that good stuff with the Indians. But first, let's talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit. This week, the Baseball Writers Association of America announced uh, their electees for 2019, a four-man class. Omar Vizquel, not part of that class, but he did trend upward a bit in the voting. Uh, He was on 42.8% of ballots in his second year of eligibility. Last year in his first year, 36.9%. So a little bump there for Vizquel. And, uh, you know, this guy is a complicated case. There's, there's a lot of internet argument about Omar Vasquez. I know here in Cleveland, we love Omar. We respect Omar. We have nothing but great feelings for Omar. But then when you get into this realm, um, your numbers get parts, uh, you know, so, so finely. you know, every, everything is, is really, uh drilled down to its essence. And uh, I get the argument for Viscal. I get the argument against Viscal, quite frankly. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to linger on the ballot for a long time as this is uh, adjudicated. Did I use that properly? I'm not
1: sure. (laughs) Hey, it sounds good to me. Uh, But I, I completely agree with you so far. I mean, everything that I've seen on Twitter... During Tuesday night, whenever everything was getting announced, I think I've seen thousands of tweets now going back and forth about uh, Omar saying he should, or he shouldn't. And again, like you said, I think there's a case for both. If, if this is solely on defense, I think, I don't know if there's anyone more of a lock than he is other than maybe Ozzie Smith back in the time. But um, it, because you have to, you weigh in everything, you start looking at the offensive numbers and it's not like they're horrible. They're still great numbers for a 24 year career. Um, but are they are they Hall of Fame numbers? Uh, I know everyone keeps saying 11 gold gloves, 11 gold gloves on, on Twitter. And then everyone else is like, well, gold gloves, that, that, that doesn't mean that's that's Hall of Fame. So it, it's an extremely tough scenario to go back and forth. But like you said, I, I think he's someone that's going to linger for a long time and could squeak in by the end of it, of these eight years.
0: Yeah, I feel like he gets in eventually. Maybe not from the baseball writers. Maybe he's a, a guy who has to go in the small committee. But um, yeah, it is. It is a fast. He's a really fascinating debate because, as you said, eleven Gold Gloves. But then the counter to that is, well, Rafael Palmero won a Gold Glove at first base when he played like twenty games there. So, <laughs> so I get that. Uh, you know, maybe some people poo-poo that that particular thing. But the longevity is, you know, that that's the big case for Omar Vizquel to play um, just south of three thousand games at the, you know, the second most taxing position outside of catcher. Um, that's pretty impressive. But, uh, you know, in the same token, he has two seasons in his entire career that rated above average offensively. So I get it. I, I get both sides of it. I don't know. I don't have a vote yet, um, but it, it would be a tough one. I, people have asked me, you know, why, why doesn't he trend higher? And, and one is the stuff I just talked about, the longevity versus, he didn't have that, that pure peak uh, that, that many Hall of Fame voters look for. But... Um, One thing that also worked against him was just the sheer number of quality candidates on the ballot, and that's really starting to thin out. Uh, The BBWAs voted in eight guys just in the last two years, 20 guys in the last six years. So it's it's starting to thin out a bit. Next year, Derek Jeter goes on for the first time, and then um, there's not much beyond him that is, you know, matter of fact, no doubt, Hall of Famers uh, coming on that ballot. So maybe that clears the path for Omar to pick up a, a good number of votes next year. We shall see. But in the meantime, Mandy... 2019 is almost upon us. Spring training is almost upon us. The Indians, we're still waiting. We're still watching. We're still looking. We're still tinkering, trying to figure out what is going to happen with this ball club between now and opening day. And maybe it'll happen during spring training. But um, let's talk about, first and foremost, the state of the rotation, which is still strong. Um, We don't know about the State of the Union because there won't be a State of the Union, but we know the State of the Union's rotation is strong, folks, because they have not traded anybody away from that rotation. Uh, So give us the outlook for that group as it stands today.
1: Yeah, if if everything would just start today, if opening day is tomorrow, it it looks like the rotation would stay intact from last year. Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, and Shane Bieber. And uh, obviously, you saw how great they were last year. They led the league again all other starting staffs in war for back-to-back years they're one of the fiercest rotations in major league baseball and keeping that intact is not going to hurt them this year um i think as as we get closer and closer to spring training we've said it the last few weeks that just lessens the chances of, of losing one of their top two starters and if if all five guys return then they could be extremely dominant now they also have options and Danny Salazar this year who will be back. Uh, eventually he might not be back ready to go for opening day but eventually this season he will be ready to go. And then you also have Anderson who's going to be back um, and he'll be ready to go at spring training day one. So they have other options there if they, if they want to switch it up, if they want to have uh, maybe more of a competition for that fifth spot but um, I'm thinking it's going to be Shane Bieber and having another year of experience under his belt now. Um, coming into Uh, his first full major league season now. Uh, I I think that that'll only benefit the tribe come 2019.
0: Yeah, I've seen several places, several pieces this month uh, touting Shane Bieber as a a breakout candidate for 2019, including from our own Mike Petriello at MLB.com. When you you dig into the data and and maybe had some poor batted ball luck uh, in his rookie season and overall had a a strong showing. So yeah, a lot of upside there, a lot of upside uh, moving forward with Mike Clevenger as well. And, and and Trevor Bauer can do what he did in 2018 over the course of a full season. Yeah, that might be the best rotation in the game right there. But the cost of keeping that rotation together is we still don't know what's going on in the outfield. Um, You had a question in your inbox this week, and I want to get this person's name. Sorry. I just scrolled to this Uh, tribe fan, Trisha. She was asking about Melky Cabrera. What are the odds the Indians signed Melky Cabrera, who had a surprising amount of impact on the 2018
1: squad? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had this uh, question a couple times thrown at me. I, I think I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. Uh, I think Melky Cabrera seems like a great fit. Um, There's, this is a year where they've had an extreme amount of turnover. Uh, Bringing back a familiar face would not be the worst thing that's, uh, that's happened. And uh, he had really good numbers last year uh, enough to be able to make a good impact on this, uh, on this team. He could be a, a veteran presence to be able to, to, to help this young roster. I, I think it seems like a fit to me. There's obviously other options out there. People keep asking me about Carlos Gonzalez, Adam Jones. Um, there's, there's other options that they could look at on the free agent market. If they're not going to be making a trade to try to get some outfield talent. Uh, but Melky Cabrera is one that's still standing out to me that he's still out there and i wouldn't say no at this point
0: yeah uh it, it gets thin in free agency after the bryce harpers and aj pollux of the world um we did have some movement in that market this week with nick marcakis re-signing with the braves so there's another name off the board there um you know nick marcakis is 35 years old coming off an all-star season but um all, all these guys you know they have their warts marcakis again all-star 35 adam jones you know, he's shown his age. Carlos Gonzalez had his ups and downs, certainly, and did not have the bounce back year in Colorado last year that some of us thought he might have. So I don't know. Melky might be as good as any others. And, you know, I think a lot of us rolled our eyes when they uh, added Melky Cabrera last year on that minor league deal. But again, he ended up being starting right fielder on a playoff team. You know, he, to his credit, he had a, a strong, productive year for them. So yeah, I'll be very curious to see what happens uh, between now and, and opening day, or even between now and the start of spring training, but that's very close, Mandy. is there As we look ahead to Goodyear, Arizona, to the start of spring training, is there a guy who you kind of have circled on your radar who, you know, maybe someone coming back from injury or just has something to prove? Who's uh, kind of number one on your list in that regard?
1: Uh, I think for me, it's, it's Bradley Zimmer. Uh, he talked at the Tribe Fest media availability about two weeks ago when we were in Cleveland for that, and it seemed like everyone had him pegged to come back around July, mid-season at some point. And he was he was there saying, "No, I'm coming back as quickly as I can. I I feel great. I feel like I could be ready at at uh, the start of spring training. Now, will the Indians and the doctors and everybody allow him to go full board during spring training? That's a little bit more out of his control. But if you ask him, he, he wants to get back in there as quickly as possible. And uh, so for me, I think I'm going to be watching him. He could be a huge asset for the Indians if he could get uh, cleared to play way sooner than the second half of the season. So that would be another person to throw out in the outfield that could easily help their 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 situation that they have right now.
0: Yeah. You'd feel better about the overall complexion of that group. If it's Zimmer available in the first half, as opposed to, you know, post all-star game. So we shall see. He certainly uh, sounded confident in his ability to get out there in spring training and, and start, uh, you know, start, start showing what he can do basically. Uh, Rob Vaughn asked, it was this, was this the plan all along? Was the plan all along to wait until late February or even March to sign people uh, for this roster? And, and, You know, judging off of last winter and and the way that played out and J.D. Martinez didn't sign with the Red Sox until late February, maybe that plan would have made sense because this winter very much mirrors last winter. But what do you think about that concept?
1: Right. I I, I enjoyed that question. I threw that one in my inbox this week. Uh, I I don't think we can say that it was the plan all along. I don't know if you can strategically plan how the offseason is going to go from uh, the day after the World Series ends, Uh, but it's, it's definitely how it ended up sort of playing out uh you you have a general manager Mike Chernoff at at Tribe Fest he was taking a question and answer session uh up on the main stage and in the back of the convention center and he was getting questions about the slow off season and and are we starting to see it happen free agent signings happen more in spring training like we did last year and he said that it used to be where you just get into here in January and almost all the work was done but after some changes last year, you started to see that for the first time, and, and it looks like they're going to be doing the same thing this year, and he said that they're working the phones, they're not done yet, and it looks like that they might fall into that same category, so I wouldn't say that this is this is over for the offseason for the Indians just yet, because he seemed to be pretty confident that there there was still moves to be made.
0: Yeah, it sure seems that way. And there's a lot of a lot of names out there uh, in the bullpen market, in particular, still um, not the top end guys like an Adam Atavino or a Craig Kimbrell, but uh, you know the the lower tier guys who could have maybe some bounce back candidates. You know, you never know with the bullpen. But one name uh, who could be of interest in the bullpen this year is Cody Anderson. You talked about Danny Salazar. Uh, you know his recovery. What's the latest with Cody Anderson?
1: Yeah, Cody Anderson is going to be good to go for uh op- first the opening spring training. He'll be thrown into the mix right away. Uh, he shouldn't be restricted at all. So uh, I I think that the best thing if you go the last two seasons without being able to to pitch really at all because of of Tommy John, I think the best thing that you can do is just ease yourself back in through the bullpen. Maybe that could help him get his velocity up a little bit more. Um, But he's definitely going to be a contender from from day one. And I think he could be a big asset in the Indians' bullpen now, especially um, how thin that is at this moment. He could be a a big name that that people may not be expecting at this moment to to really help out the back end of the pen.
0: Less than 20 days until pitchers and catchers report to Goodyear Arizona. Mandy Bell will be there for MLB.com, and we thank her for doing this. Thanks, Mandy.
1: Thank you.